This is Health Yeah, your weekly update on what's going on in the health, wellness, and medical world with Monica Robbins. Millions of Americans wake up in pain each morning. Living in pain can lead to problems at work, school, and in relationships. Those aches can even become more serious if they last for a long period of time. We're talking all things pain straight ahead on Prescription for Life. Thanks so much for joining us. I'm Monica Robbins. Chances are you or someone you know struggles with chronic pain daily. Common types include arthritis or joint pain, back or neck pain, and debilitating headaches, including migraines. Our expert from Cleveland Clinic shares some insights on chronic pain and how to find help and hope in just a moment. But first, an Ohio woman suffered from back pain for years, robbing her of a full active life. Take a look at how a little known procedure changed everything. In her 20s, Sari Bertishaw was the definition of health and fitness. There were go-ruck challenges, which involved military-style training to complete endurance events, CrossFit, weightlifting, even swimsuit competitions. If she had an Achilles heel, it was an occasional tweak in her lower back. Go to the chiropractor, get an adjustment one time. I'd be fine for another couple years. Until one day on the golf course, that familiar pinch returned. But this time, it didn't get better and instead got worse. I ended up going to another chiropractor and he did x-rays and found out I had two herniated discs from that drive, I guess. It marked the beginning of two and a half years of misery, the pain excruciating and the mental anguish heartbreaking. If I tried to move, if I had to roll over on my bed, I had to grab the side of my bed to pull me over. Your spine is connected to every part of you in your body. So any movement of your arms or your legs or your neck causes all the pain to come back. Physical therapy, injections, pain medication, nothing worked. Until last fall, Sarah's doctor recommended an FDA approved procedure called Intracept also known as basivertebral nerve ablation. You have to be struggling with pain in the low back for at least six months and tried other conservative measures. This isn't a first line therapy. The disc is the cushion between the bones of the spine. For a long time, doctors thought this is where all the pain came from, but they found it can also come from changes in the bone over time, especially in younger patients. So basically what uh, nerve ablation is, is we're heating up the nerve and deactivating it. We're basically interrupting that nerve and deactivating it to disrupt those pain signals that go to our brain and make us feel pain. Formed as an outpatient procedure, takes about an hour. Two tiny incisions in Sarah's back proved to be life-changing almost immediately. All of the excruciating pain that I had for two and a half years, three years was gone. But of all the procedures that I've learned in my practice of advanced interventions, this has probably been the one where we see the most dramatic results. Today, Sarah Bertishaw is back to living her life, enjoying the little things that bring her joy that she no longer takes for granted. But it's these small things that I'm every day still that I just am so, so grateful that I can do. And there are thousands of stories like Sarah's of people living in pain. For some, they've gone to doctor after doctor without finding any relief. Our expert shows us that doesn't have to be your story. 
Joining me now is Dr. Sarah Davin. She is with the Cleveland Clinic Center for Spine Health in the Pain Recovery Center. You are a psychologist and you treat pain. That's not common, is it? Yes, um, there are very few pain psychologists nationally at this point. I hope that changes soon, in fact. Um, but yes, there's actually a very important component of psychology that involves, that's relevant to the experience of pain, regardless of if it's acute or chronic pain. Um, we know that the brain is incredibly powerful um, in the experience of all sorts of pain. And so pain psychology really works and focuses on the different areas of the brain, such as emotion and cognition and the way that you interpret your pain signals to help patients be able to modify their pain experience or prevent um, exacerbation of pain. And additionally, um, psychology focused um, on helping people with pain is, is really relevant to helping folks develop coping skills and face really understandable fears related to the experience of pain, such as, is this going to go away? Am I going to feel this way forever? Um, am I going to hurt myself? if I do X, Y, Z um, activity. Uh, so we have an important role. Um, fortunately, there are national agencies that are now making pain psychology or recommending that pain psychology is a part of standard of care for uh, individuals with pain, specifically individuals with chronic pain um, and also uh, individuals that are getting ready to have surgery um, to help optimize their uh, recovery period because we know that post-surgery there can be um, a very vulnerable period where pain can sometimes transition um, from an acute pain to a, an additional persistent pain episode. So one of the interesting things is a new study came out yeah. that said cases of chronic pain are being diagnosed more than cases of diabetes and depression and high blood pressure. What's happening? Yes, this was a really eye-opening article that was released in May. And um, I think what this is telling us is that potentially we are not catching these cases soon enough. Uh, so chronic pain is defined as pain that goes beyond 12 weeks or longer. Uh, there are a lot of people, I suspect, that are walking around with potentially 12, 16 plus weeks of pain that potentially maybe have not yet seen a doctor um, and had uh, really an explanation of what's happening or had some sort of intervention soon enough. Um, so yes, the fact that new cases exceed any other new case of any other chronic disease is um, very remarkable. And that's where I think prevention comes in. So how can we catch these cases sooner with education, with you know um, alternative treatments so that they don't transition into this more disabling chronic pain um, because uh, chronic pain in and of itself is one of the leading causes of disability in the United States. So do you think limited access to opioids might be one of the catalysts behind uh, a rise in these cases or is it not connected? I'm unsure. You know, I think that could be a piece of it. Um, I also think that there's just not a whole lot of education, really, or understanding of what what do you do when you have pain that doesn't seem to go away. And if more people knew and understood that there were a wide variety of options to deal with pain, um, not just opioids, then perhaps they'd be talking to their doctors more readily about what's happening. So let's talk about how much is too much and how long. Mm -hmm. So you mentioned 12 weeks. Mm -hmm. So if someone is, wh what are we talking? Like you twist your back at work and it gets worse and it doesn't get better. 
when do you need to go see somebody or when is it like, you know, you can't, you can't not get some medical attention for something. Sure, I mean, so I think first of all, the good news is, is that most cases of pain due to injury resolve on their own, even without any intervention within three months. However, my rule of thumb is if you become worried and um, your pain isn't going away and it is starting to interfere with your functioning, why not go in and talk to your doctor about it? There's no harm. Um, there's a lot of things that can be done early on uh, that can really help to mitigate the impact of the pain and prevent it from transitioning into a longer term problem. Things such as physical therapy, um, acupuncture, short term behavioral therapies, massage. Um, there are medications that can be prescribed that can help um, not just the opioids, uh, that can help to reduce inflammation. Um, and really what we want to do is also help folks not um, be stressed and suffer so much about having something that isn't going away, right? Because actually we know that stress and the, the our body stress response system has the potential to fuel longer term pain. Well, you mentioned inflammation and that's exactly what happens with stress, but lifestyle changes, mm -hmm. what you're eating could potentially feed your pain, if you will. Sure, yeah, I mean, um, there's a lot of really up and coming research on the role of the gut and um, inflammation and how it can affect all aspects of our body, not just um, how we feel in terms of pain, but our mood and those things go hand in hand. So anti-inflammatory approaches um, are definitely an option, uh, as well as I think stress reduction and uh, you know, low doses of movement as well. So a lot of people think that when they hurt, um, if there's not, you know, like a fracture or um, some sort of really obvious acute injury, that they shouldn't move at all. And actually we see that when uh, folks are not moving at all, when they've had 12 weeks of pain, um, then fears start to develop that, you know, well, I shouldn't do this activity and then I shouldn't do this activity. And we as humans become more hypervigilant to any sign of pain. So we want to help folks move and move safely and also to feel um, some hope and some confidence that they can still live the life that they want, um, moving, doing whatever it is that they want in spite of having pain and that if they work the program, things will get better most likely over time. Are you also finding that patients have to figure out you know, what is pain you have to be concerned about and what is pain that is your body healing? Mm -hmm. Yes, yes. Our physical therapists are um, a really integral part of our team in helping individuals with pain and um, are frequently saying to patients, hurt does not mean harm. And this is really key. Um, after you're beyond that acute injury phase and you're rehabilitating your body and you're working with a therapist who's guiding you, discomfort is part of the healing process. It does not necessarily mean that you are re-injuring the body part that hurts. There's not one size fits all treatment. What is typically the standard though, when somebody goes in with some form of chronic pain, what's the first option? Well, hopefully the first option is just a conversation and some education and that the patient feels that they have some choices and options and they may choose to do nothing and that's okay. Um, I, beyond that, certainly um, medications, oftentimes anti-inflammatories um, are recommended. Um, physical therapy is a frontline treatment. Folks can have some really great benefits just doing a initial course of physical therapy. And what we are doing at the Cleveland Clinic is actually putting pain psychology or behavioral therapies for pain as the, at the forefront as well for these patients as an option. So the brain is a 
very, very powerful tool that we all have. And even in this early stage of pain, it can modify your pain experience. And so even having one session with someone like me um, uh, and our other therapist to provide some education, some coping skills, teaching things like relaxation, which can calm and soothe the nerves um, is very key. So those are some really non-invasive ways to manage pain at the very beginning. Um, in addition, you know, dietary changes, lifestyle changes. Um, for some people, uh, they want to pursue things like acupuncture or massage therapy. Uh, water therapy is fantastic as well because it doesn't, it has low impact on the joints. One of the newer things that's out there is virtual reality therapy. Yeah. What is that? Yeah, so um, virtual reality is, um, it's this is a very exciting area. Um, so it incorporates um, basically goggles that you're wearing. So um, uh, they, you feel like you are in a particular environment, it's almost like like a game, like a video game. And for chronic pain, what they're doing is they're helping folks um, either learn meditation, mindfulness practices, or relaxation um, through this use of virtual technology and using their own ability to self-regulate their stress response, potentially when they're facing you know, painful examples of what they might be feeling in the virtual reality world. Um, so, you know, somebody imagining themselves taking a walk that could be very scary. Um, so they might imagine that and at the same time use the relaxation strategies that they've been learning to be able to help walk them through that without you know, the exacerbation and fear. So that patient that's been dealing with chronic pain for years and has gone to doctor after doctor who said it's all in your head mm -hmm. because there's no definitive mm -hmm. cause. Mm -hmm. What is the treatment for that person? Right, well the answer is, is it is in our head because it's in our brain. So all pain is real, regardless of if you feel a 10 out of 10 or where you feel it on your body, what kind of pain you have, it is all real, but it is created in the brain. It is the um, interaction between the sensory areas in our brain and the emotional areas of our brain. So unfortunately, when most patients hear it's all in your head, it feels like you're making this up. This isn't real. What you're experiencing is not valid. That's not it at all. All pain is very real. Um, and it can be incredibly challenging and there can be a ton of suffering associated with pain. Um, so what I tell all my patients is that yes, it's, all, it's in your brain, right? Our brain is the ultimate place that interprets the pain and then the output is what we feel, not only physically and emotionally. So that's again where we work with patients in group settings and one-on-one -on, -one, on helping them learn ways to even just interpret their body sensations differently. So for example, most people when and they feel something painful, there might be almost like a 911 mode that goes off in their head. There is an alarm that goes off because this is something that feels very threatening and dangerous. We know that that type of interpretation can actually fuel pain processing by way of the brain. So we want patients to be able to acknowledge the experience of pain, but to be um, more neutral about it uh, over time so that that alarm mode is not turned on. Uh, and these are just some of the ways and the examples in which um, the brain is involved and um, talk therapy can be a really important component. So it's interesting that Western medicine is getting into this because Eastern philosophy for a long time was pain is emotion mm -hmm. and connected to some form of emotion, trauma, yes. anything like that. Yes. And without releasing that, 
you can't get rid of the pain. Is that what you're saying? Uh, yes and no. It's not quite that simple. You can't just talk it out, right? Um, none of these things are, uh, they're not tools that are going to instantly take your pain away overnight. It takes time. We talk about um, rewiring the nervous system, retraining the brain sort of away from pain and, and responding differently. Um, and then we do have to pair this with all those other things, right, that we talked about, potentially medication physical therapies. Yes, there is a role as well for things like injections, surgeries. Um, but what we know is the best way to help people get well is to use all of it together. And um, what we've recognized, I think, is that thus far we've underused the brain, right? We've taken all of these other approaches and put them on a person. Somebody's, you know, they go through surgery and then after surgery, they feel quite a bit of post-surgical pain and they're sort of like, oh my gosh, what's happening? I was supposed to be a little better. Um, so that's where, you know, having education and ways to help the individual have some tools within themselves can really be key. Biggest misconceptions. What do you see almost daily? Uh, it's the, you know, they don't believe me. They don't think that anything's wrong with me. <laughs> you know, I, I see most people that have um, chronic or enduring pain. And um, unfortunately, there uh, is a persistent feeling of being not understood and isolated within the pain experience. Many people with pain, you would not know it. They walk around and you don't know what they're experiencing. And they try to communicate this to family members and to doctors and providers and um, may not feel completely understood or that there really is um, a, an option to manage it, or they might be still stuck on the idea that this needs to be fixed. I want it eliminated, right? I want my pain to be gone forever. Of course, we would all want that for anybody that has pain, but we know that when it develops into chronic pain. It's actually an entirely new disease process that involves changes in our nervous system and on a cellular level. And at this point, we do not have a cure for pain. But that message is not that, well, there's nothing that can be done and your life is not going to be a great one. The message is that, no, you can have a fantastic life, but we just need to work all of these different angles, right? Um, and so I think, um, you know, one of the biggest misconceptions is that it's all in my head. Um, and then also with the all of the media press to the opioid ep epidemic, you know, when folks are hurting and they're suffering and they're asking for medications, I think a lot of patients sometimes feel that maybe they're being stereotyped as, you know, um, wanting opioids or drug seeking. And so I think there is we have a lot of work to be done on educating uh, not only about pain, but the role of medications um, and, you know, that tricky line of when it crosses is over from, um, you know, what we've seen in the in the press on the opioid addiction and all of that versus using opioids appropriately. So if you've been dismissed by physicians repeatedly, what physician should you be asking for or who should you go see? That's where our pain recovery team comes in. I think any um, hospital system that has an integrated practice where they have um, a pain physician that um, has education and interest and appreciation of the experience of chronic pain. Um, most pain specialists do. Uh, it's, it would be great if you can also find um, a team that works with that physician, a physical therapist, behavioral therapist, um, and potentially alternative therapists uh, together so that you have a team of people around you that can help orient you to all these different approaches. What I hear you saying under underneath all of this is there's hope. 
For sure, yes. Um, I tell people every day, the reason I do this is because it is incredibly rewarding. It truly is because I see so many patients at their absolute worst, they have zero hope. And um, if you put the work in, most definitely you can get better. And I think that's also where my interest of prevention and intervening sooner comes in because we don't want people to get to that point of complete hopelessness, right? We want to provide more upfront to make it less likely that they're gonna transition to that point where they just feel like they have zero options. But if it's if it's somebody is listening that is feeling like they have zero options, I want you to know that there are options and a full life with pain is definitely possible. Dr. Davin, great insight. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Another form of chronic pain is arthritis. Most people may associate it with older adults. However, it can affect people of all ages. A North Carolina woman is sharing her story after she was diagnosed with an autoimmune arthritis in her early 20s. Take a look at this story from our Greensboro station, WFMY. Heidi Waltz enjoys living an active lifestyle. As a wife and mother of two, she's always on the move. I was previously a teacher, um, and now I'm kind of getting into health and wellness coaching and do photography on the side. Her interest in wellness sparked more than 20 years ago after she began experiencing lower back pain while in college. I was in such severe pain that I could barely walk. At one point, I considered getting a wheelchair. It was that bad. Um, I had trouble getting in and out of my car. After several hospital visits and trips to the ER, doctors diagnosed her with ankylosing spondylitis, a form of arthritis that causes inflammation in the joints and ligaments of the spine. To be in college and to be diagnosed with a chronic disease is pretty terrifying. I have to live with this the rest of my life. I'm gonna have to figure out ways to, to cope. Dr. John Tipton is a physician with Atrium Health Wake Forest Baptist. Unlike most forms of arthritis, he says symptoms of ankylosing spondylitis typically begin in early adulthood. If left untreated, it can cause severe disability. Mostly related to a gene called the HLA-B27. It usually happens before age 40. Some people complain a lot about like back pain and neck pain. It happens, you know, like very subtly, but it, it comes on uh, pretty quick. He says it can be treated through exercise, medication, and healthy lifestyle changes, something Waltz can attest to. I was way more active. Um, I was going to boot camps. I was working out, um, changing my diet. I And I noticed a huge difference. Um, and I didn't have to go back on the medication for about three years after my second pregnancy. If you ever get diagnosed with ankylosing spondylitis, be positive, okay? Because you can live a good, long, and healthy life. What we've learned today is you can get your life back if you have chronic pain. There is help available in many different forms. Don't give up. That's all for this episode of Prescription for Life. Thank you so much for watching. We'll be right back here next week. Until then, I'm Monica Robbins wishing you good health. Thank you so much for tuning into Health Yeah. Please find me on Twitter and Instagram at Monica Robbins. Like and follow my Facebook page, Monica Robbins WKYC. Find video podcasts at Monica Robbins channel on YouTube. And please subscribe. Wishing you great health and hope to see you again soon. Thanks for listening to Health Yeah! with Monica Robbins from WKYC Studios. 
Subscribe now so you never miss an update. And find more on everything you heard here on WKYC.com and on the WKYC app.